Yes, there's a racial wealth gap in America. We've talked about this before. It's huge. It's disturbing and problematic. Consider these numbers. The median net worth of black families is $17,000. The median net worth of a white family is $171,000. For every $100 in white family wealth, black families hold $5.04. Yes, we're talking the racial wealth gap again. This is the Black Money Matters Podcast. Right, so welcome once again to the original Black Money Matters podcast powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network, where we talk about all things black wealth. So who am I? I am Marcus Warren. I'm a financial advisor, tax enrolled agent and author of a couple of books, the tax and retirement playbooks. And today I want to talk about the black wealth gap from the perspective of debt. So the question is, why does this racial wealth gap exist in the first place? Well, the gap exists because of a long history of policies that basically excluded and exploited black Americans. Of course, it begins with our history. You have slavery, Jim Crow, practices like redlining, Blacks living in the United States, we face a wide range of uh, institutional obstacles that make earning a steady, livable income and escaping poverty extremely difficult. I'll name a few. We, we face in inequalities in education, discrimination in the workplace, and high incarceration rates. Now, that structural discrimination has really kept some people from having the same opportunities as others or really any opportunity at all. But there is a financial reason for the racial wealth gap that's more invisible, but also incredibly powerful. And it's debt. And more specifically, the cost of borrowing money. Now, um, Albert Einstein, Albert Einstein once said that compound interest, that it's the eighth wonder of the world. Turn a two to a four, four to an eight. I turn my life into a nice first week release date. Mm. But, you know, it's only great, and it's only great if you're the one receiving that interest. However, if you are paying that interest, it can be financially disastrous. So, um, as anyone knows how compounding works, and, and anyone who knows how compounding works can basically tell you that even a small difference in interest rates can become huge and significant over time. So, the first thing to understand is just how essential borrowing money is to the way that our economy works. Uh, debt or borrowing is how people basically can afford to start a business, go to school, buy houses, all of which can be responsible for building wealth. Now, if it's done right, debt is a fantastic tool. But when it goes wrong, it can be really a financial disaster. So let's dig into this just a little bit. So I'm going to list the ways it's different and worse in a lot of, on a lot of fronts, to actually borrow money 
if you're uh, an African-American. And first, I want to just talk about uh, real estate and, and, and homes. I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like two million. That same building today is worth 25 million. Guess how I'm feeling? Dumbo. So it costs more to get a mortgage for the same exact house. Costs more for us than it does for whites. And so think about this. Just like I'm saying, interest rates are significant. The importance of minimizing the money you're paying to financial institutions, that should be paramount when you're going into debt or when you're acquiring debt, especially when you're buying a house, right? You want that low interest rate. However, there was a study uh, done by the Center for Investigative Reporting about mortgage lending. And so after they analyzed 31 million mortgage applications, they found that with all things being equal, by the way, that African-Americans were much more likely to be denied conventional mortgage loans than whites. So what does that mean? That means that black families, we are also a whole lot more likely to have more dangerous predatory loans. We are 105% more, 105% more likely than white folks to have a high cost loan. Now, what's a high cost loan? Basically, it's defined as one you know that w- with interest rates that um, you know exceed three percent of comparable like treasury securities. I'm not going to get too far into that, but that's basically what it means. So, let me give you an example. If you bought a home, and if you go coast to coast, the median price of a home is kind of high. Actually, it's about three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. But if you bought a home today, you put down twenty percent and you borrowed that eighty percent on a thirty-year fixed-rate mortgage. So if you have this some if you have a subprime mortgage and you're paying let's say you're paying 2.6% more what would that, what does that mean versus someone with a conventional mortgage right it would mean that over the course of that 30 years by the time you were done you would have paid the bank an extra $150,000 more than if you had that that lower rate loan that's why it's important and it's actually more than that if you amortize that out uh, for for 30 years so the first thing is home mortgages, interest rates. We are getting, we don't get those same rates or get approved at the same rates as our white counterparts. Let's shift now and talk about more debt. What other debt do you have out there? You know what? It costs more to buy a car if you're black. So there was an investigation by um, uh, the National uh, Fair Housing Alliance that found that African-Americans who shot for cars that we are not offered the same rebates as our white counterparts. And we are offered loans, and guess what? Higher interest rates. And as a result, we generally pay an average of $2,600 more over the life of that loan than the same or even sometimes less qualified white cohorts. So there you go. So, we, so, so what we talk about? We talked about homes. We're talking about cars What other kind of debt is out there? Student debt, right? Blacks, we are more likely to have student loan debt. So there was a study that was published in the Journal of Sociology of Race and Ethnicity. And that basically found that, uh, let me pull this up here. It found that uh, um, black students reported 85% more education-related debt than our white peers. So what does that mean? That just means that 
you know, those families who can't pay for the schooling, you know, once you get that student loan and once you graduate, you're already in a hole. So you're already having to dig yourself out of that debt hole, which means it's going to make it more difficult longer term to build wealth over time. All right. Now let's shift to uh, let's shift to uh, credit. You want to know what's more important than throwing away money at a strip club? Credit. All right. So, um, of course, we also have a higher incident of or incidents. I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying here. Um, of, but basically, we we have we are likely to be in more credit card debt. So, um, let me pull this up again. There is a survey of consumer finances. According to a survey of consumer finances, more black families have credit card debt than white families. And what's very interesting is, according to a ProPublica investigation, when blacks happen to default on those credit card payments, we are more likely to be sued for defaulting on those payments than white folks are. And you know what that means? That means if you have that judgment against you, it could potentially mean what wages are garnished, which can mean a less money for, for mortgages or any necessities you have, uh, or if you experience some sort of emergency. And defaulting, of course, it hits, it takes, or your credit score takes a big hit. And you know what happens when your credit score takes a big hit? It is impossible to get good terms on your next loan, which increases those borrowing costs. And then you know what that also increases? It just creates this vicious cycle. And then what happens if your credit's jacked up? What do you have to do? Well, there's something that are called payday loans. And payday loans, by the way, are the worst way. It's the worst way to borrow. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure if any uh, white folks listen to this podcast, but uh, especially ones who... Um, uh, you know, don't have the check cashing places in their neighborhoods because they're mostly in uh, lower income black neighborhoods. But a payday loan, it's a small amount of money, uh, usually under about $500, that is lent by those check cashing places at a very high interest rate under the premise that it's going to be paid back when the borrower, when they receive their next paycheck. Now, These payday loans are perhaps the worst and most destructive kind of loan because they have excessive interest rates. And what do I mean by excessive? They can be as high as 600% per year. And they also have a lot, uh, they they have lots of other high fees and they, and which can quickly spiral into huge sums of money that you owe back. And you know what? Blacks, are more than twice as likely to have used a payday loan compared with white borrowers. You know what I'm saying? So this racial borrowing gap, it really, you know, it has its roots in, uh, like I said on the onset, this, this debt that uh, is, is needed to uh, purchase businesses and purchase homes and things of that nature it um, there's a huge gap because we pay a lot more interest than our white counterparts. Why, why does that happen? And it's simply because of the roots of systemic racism, systemic discrimination. And these practices have put us at a significant disadvantage to build that generational wealth. So what can we do moving forward? 
Y'all think it's bougie. I'm like, it's fine, but I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for 999. All right, so what can we do moving forward? Well, um, it basically starts with financial education and empowerment. That's why, you know, we we um, utilize the Wealth Empowerment Network. Um, if we take the time ourselves and arm ourselves with knowledge, we can know what questions to ask and not get taken advantage of when we're out negotiating debt terms, interest rate terms, things of that nature. Um, so that's number one. I, and, I always, and I always say, if you know better, you can do better. And then, of course, it's an election year. You, you can always vote. Let's make sure that we're putting people into office who um, is going to be focused on the things that we need, the black agenda put people in office that will work in our best interest and implement programs that will benefit us long-term. That's the issue. That's what we need to do. As always, if you have any questions, you can always email them to me personally at info at wealthempowernetwork.com. That's info at wealthempowernetwork.com. That's all I have today. Until next time, this is the Black Money Matters Podcast. Thank you.